Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living Color in, uh, Podcast, where we discuss spirituality, career, education, finances, and relationships as Black women and how mental health affects them all. Can't believe I messed it up as many times as I said it, but how are you doing, sis? Listen, how you just said that intro is how I'm doing. We we, we fumbling through, but we here, we making it. How are you? I'm good. You know, as you said, just making it. Can't complain or won't complain. Good. Our current events this week are a little bit different than the past couple of weeks. Um, I just wanted to kind of highlight some things that made my day and I was going to get your feedback on it. Um, So the first thing is clearly Ivy Park's distribution across the world to so many people, but the one that kind of like warmed my heart was Sabria Majors actually received her Ivy Park box after she did her tribute to Beyonce for Halloween. And so her reaction was just priceless. But it looks like she sent out quite a few to just um, really amazing people. I know, um, God, I forgot his name, Ken, who is also Nathan on Insecure. <laughs> he, um, Kendrick, that's his name. He received an Ivy Park box. <laughs> Um, Monique received a Ivy Park box. I'm trying to think of who else, a couple more people, but did you grab you some Ivy Parks? Girl, no Ivy Park on this end, you know. Um, as we discussed on the last week's episode of Financial Freedom, your girl is trying to get to that spot in life. So I, I held on to my coins. Um, did you, did you grab you some Ivy Park though, sis? I was on okay. long launch dates. No, no, no. Even if I would have gotten in, I probably wouldn't have bought anything, but you know. But that's a beautiful thing. I, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, Beyonce, um, is, you know, not only, you know, just getting, product out there to people, but also using it as a way to celebrate individuals and we need celebration during this time. So it's definitely good to hear that. Right. The other thing that has been like, well, I can't even say it's been heavily on the news because I think people have just chosen not to give it any like attention, but um, is Florida, Florida's governor um, either tried to pass a new bill or passed a new bill to pretty much allow people to shoot anyone that they think um, is looting. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, so my mom said this to me. Um, and I told her, I said, well, you know, I've taken my last trip to Florida for a while because that, that is not of God. And, um, <laughs> and, and first of all, I just pray at some point Florida gets another governor because all around he's just failing as a governor. And I don't care if he hears this or not, you, sir, are failing as a governor. You are failing the entire state of Florida at this point. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just encourage people to protect themselves, be vigilant, um, you know, because it's, it's, it's getting rougher and rougher out here in these streets. Yeah, I just don't even know. I mean, I know what the undertone of this is. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, yet another one. It's interesting. It's so interesting to me that this is happening in Florida before it's happening in Mississippi or Alabama. It, that is very interesting to me. But then I think about Governor Kay Ivey and I'm like, you know, she hmm. she's just trying to hang on. So we OK right now. <laughs> we gonna, we I think we'll be OK. I mean, you know, but it is it's it's sad. This is it's, it's sad. I mean, this is worse than what's his number? Forty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but this is the tone that he set for our nation as well. So, right. And so somebody tweets something about like, it is a clear indication since he's lost that no matter what Republican candidate would have gone on that ballot, 
all of them would have been trash at this point because they've all shown just this amount of racism and xenophobia and just all these things that just don't even make sense to the average minority person. Um, so I'm just like, y'all are so trash. It's it's sad. It's exhausting. Um, but like you said, I, I mean, I love Florida for various reasons and I'm always down for, you know, a Miami trip. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I mean, the pandemic's not going anywhere anyway, so I don't have to really worry about going anywhere, but (laughs) at the same time, I just don't see it happening. I think also, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. I think also just my mom sent another, she's been all about these memes lately. And um, so she sent one meme that t- that was basically saying, uh, you remember when you was talking all that trash about Bush? Bet you wish you had him back or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, in comparison, mm-hmm. he wasn't really that bad. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This so, is one of those the grass went greener on the other side. Mm-mm. But we're gonna keep Florida in our prayers. You know, they've they've been cut off from the nation every time they mess up an election. So <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think we're gonna reel them back in anytime soon. But we shall mm-hmm. um the last thing that I thought was super interesting and I'm really excited about is Waiting to Exhale is being turned into a TV series. Oh, wow. I feel like it's going to be the modern day, mid-30s and above, living single girlfriends type of show. So to be fair, I have not seen Waiting to Exhale all the way through before. (laughs) And this comes as no surprise to my good sis because I have not seen a lot of movies that I probably should have seen by now. But um, that is very interesting that they're telling, turning it into a TV series. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious, is it going to be the same exact plot or are they going to throw some twists and turns we're not sure about? I'm sure it'll be a little bit different because, you know, it's a TV series. So there are there'll definitely have to be more context into it, but I think the overall storylines will be the same. Well, listen, I guess I need to go watch the movie so I can be prepared for this TV series. Okay. We shall... I do know about the soundtrack. What? I said, I do know about the soundtrack, though. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I was like, wait, you hadn't heard the soundtrack. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) y'all I swear her next Christmas gift is gonna be like all the black featured films that she needs to see at least once to just not have her black card revoked in life (laughs) listen I I feel like I've gained some credibility this year. Although, to be honest, the one movie that I continue to try to watch and I still have yet to watch it all the way through is Coming to America. So, you know. (laughs) She hasn't gotten through Martin Luther the King. I just... (laughs) I don't understand. That's a long movie. It is a long movie, but it is one of the best comedies of all time. Like, Yeah, it is funny. It is funny, but I guess I just turn it on late at night and I laugh initially, but then your girl be out. And because I have trouble sleeping at times when I'm out, I'm just out. (laughs) I know. So for Naturally Amazing this week, (laughs) um, we're shouting out two different individuals. The first one is Grace Moore, who is a 12-year-old beautiful Black girl from New York City who's made history as the youngest composer to join the NYC Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, wow. She's in the seventh grade. 
and she also attends a program for young composers. So she started, you know, dabbling in music at the age of two, playing the piano. Um, and she's had this wonderful opportunity to now become a part of this world-renowned world orchestra. Um, but she mentioned in the article where they interviewed her that she hopes everyone follows their hobbies and um, does what they love. And I thought that was so cute because she didn't even say follow their dreams, but like hobbies. Um, and then it turns into something that they love. That's awesome. I mean, first of all, just secure the bag, sis. Um, <laughs> secured. Uh, but that's awesome. I I do one of the many I don't have I should rephrase this because I don't have a lot of regrets. But one thing that I will say that I wish I had have done when my parents were trying to get me to do is uh, play the piano. Take that up. It was cool. I had piano lessons. My teacher's name was Mrs. Kazaya. She was also a teacher at the school, but not the music teacher. I, I stuck mm. for a few years, but I, I mean, I can't, I can play the basics and I probably can't even play that now because I hadn't touched a piano in a while, but it's cool. If you can stick with it, it's cool. Yeah. On the other side of that, I'm like, well, damn, as a parent, what am I doing wrong? Because my 12 year old don't like to do nothing but play Fortnite. You know, it is just to kind of slide this in here for whatever reason, I've been hearing a lot more parents say, like, I'll ask about what hobbies the kids are doing. And I was just assuming that because of COVID, maybe children weren't able to do as many hobbies as they normally do. But what I've been learning is that there are a lot of children today that just prefer to do things like streaming and video gaming. And I recently learned that you get paid for doing that, too. And I didn't know that. Yeah, you can make. There are kids that Kyron follows on YouTube that makes thousands of dollars a month, probably more than I make. All they do is play the game. Wow. <laughs> Very interesting. It is. And sad as well. Moving on. How the world has true. <laughs> How the world has changed, man. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Like, really? Y'all paying this teenager? Okay. All right. I digress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the next individual is really a company, but also the owner um, is going to get a, a shout out. And it's blackbabybooks.com. And so... I don't know if you remember the little toy that was red and you had to look through the back of it and it had like this reel that you pulled down on the side and it changed the picture. No, mm, you didn't no. know. Those? I, no. Anywho. Uh -huh. So it's cool because you would have to take the little film in and out and exchange it to see new photos, but you would still have to move the reel. You would have to click it down. So it goes to the next reel. Nonetheless, maybe I do know. Maybe I do know. So the company has decided to reinvent that toy and include black representation in it. And so um, their photos are going to be about black kids and show black people. And, you know, if it's, I'm guessing, like a career slide, it'll have black firemen and black doctors and things like that, just to give kids a representation of themselves. Um, but the company itself makes it easier for people to discover and purchase children's books with black characters. But the owner, whose name is Veronica Chapman, is a children's book author that believes that they can offer more. So that was their way of kind of offering more by recreating this retro viewer. Um, and they have a campaign that's going on right now. And you can find the information about all of that at blackbabybooks.com or like finding them on Instagram. Um, and their username is at blackbabybooks. 
Very interesting. Yeah. I love love this space of representation that's like, you know, just wildfire right now. It's it's everywhere in a very good way, a positive way, and I'm just so happy to see it. Um right. and I feel like I might I must have been talking to my mom a lot lately, because here's <laughs> another thing. Yet another thing that we have discussed as of the last few days, and she being the jokester that she is, she was like, black is hot right now. It's good to be black. I think you should <laughs> I think you should use it in every way you can find possible. And I think at the end of the day, she says it in a joking manner, but you know, it you know, one of the things that this year has brought is light to very dark places. And as a result, you you're just starting to see a lot more good positive things come from it. So Right. Kudos to him. I agree. Well, this week, I wanted to bring a discussion to you about the double A effect, or at least that's what I'm calling it, which includes attention and affection. Um, It is said that there are five A's that can help a relationship flourish and deepen into true fulfillment. But today we're only focusing on those two. Um, So to give a little context to the conversation, um, there are five A's, as I mentioned, which includes attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and action. Attention involves having an awareness of what others need as well as our own personal needs. Um, So having someone listening to us, validating us, and understand Um, who we are as people are super important when it comes to attention. However, um, affection has to deal more with emotions, spiritual um, ality, and physical affection. So with affection, it includes the other four A's, but, um, and it can be acquired by each of the other A's. (laughs) Um, But When it comes to obtaining affection, if you do not have the act of affection, um, you won't feel safe with the other four. So affection kind of solidifies everything else within the paradigm of the five things that you need to have this, you know, relationship that flourishes. So thinking back on your experiences with individuals, um, for you, how have attention and affection um, either shaped your relationships or how important are they to you in relationships? Um, I'm actually, all of these answers are going to be off the top of the dome because I, I really didn't process any of these prior to, which is good. So um, I think attention has been the one that has come easiest when I think about, you know, what's happened in my relationships in the past, maybe even present, who knows? Um, I don't think, I think attention is easy because you, it's something you can do when you want to and you don't have to if you don't want to. It's, it's just something easy to either give or not give. Affection requires something of you. And I think that's kind of what you were, um, you know, saying on the front end of this is that, you know, affection, in order to achieve affection or get to affection, then you have to have these other A's and it requires work. And I will say that I don't know that I've, really experienced affection um, the way that I desire to, or uh, a better way to say that is, I don't think that I've ever experienced affection in my relationships that have made me feel 100% safe. Um, And if I'm being honest, I think that would be because of that action piece. I think the attention comes, I think, you know, being accepting to a certain extent is there. I've experienced that. Being appreciated um, has been there, but that action piece is where 
things start to get topsy-turvy. And <laughs> I just, I, I feel like that is probably the most important thing because all the other ones can be achieved by like lip service. Mm. Um, your words can, can really kind of speak to giving someone attention and accepting who they are by, you know, validating using words for like, you know, I love this about you, or you're such an amazing person, or, you know, your heart is pure, all of these things. Um, the, and they sound great. And I think they get you through the beginning parts of a relationship because it's good. It feels good. It sounds good. But eventually the action has to come in because unless something is following the word, then it it really isn't true. It's not necessarily like reality for me. I don't know how everybody else functions, but for me, um, at some point I'm going to have to see an action behind the word. And so I think uh, I won't say that I've never experienced all of them in a relationship. I do feel like I I have, but I think to the point of feeling safe in the relationship is what I would say I haven't experienced. And I think that's probably the most important thing to me in order to have a sustainable relationship is getting to that place where the affection is like, I, I feel safe with that affection and not necessarily just always like, so you talking me up today because you want something, but once you get to your space of having to do whatever you need to do, then I'm not a second thought until you need me again. So I think that's been my experience. What about you? I won't say, so here's where you and I differ because I know we've had this conversation before. I don't think... Or looking back in the moments, I don't think I was ever in a space where I didn't feel safe in relationships or situationships. But when I read more about these two, I started feeling like, well, maybe you use the attention as an excuse for the lack of affection and kind of just roll with it, if that makes sense. Um so I would kind of hone in on the fact that you were atten- you were showing me attention in some shape, form, or fashion, but it may not have still been the affection that I needed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say anything because I was getting the attention. And I guess I just figured something is better than nothing. <laughs> um, because we in nothing season right now and it ain't fun. But... Yeah. You know, for me, I've learned that both are probably as equally as important, but that is rooted in the fact of I do have issues with abandonment. I do have issues with validation because, again, the first man that was supposed to show me those things wasn't there. And so... You may tell me that you love me one day. And like you said, lip service is a, is one thing that people do well and often. But, and you may show me that you love me. But if I ask you something or if I feel like, you know, we should be doing something together and you don't see it that way, I may or may not respond in a positive way because of how I view it. For example, and I've talked about this, um, with social media being as big as it is, I know people who are in a relationship, and I'm thinking about one relationship in particular, where they have been together and neither of them have posted each other. And it can definitely be a decision that they've made together and, you know, kudos to them. But for me, I need you to, (laughs) as shallow as it sounds, I need to know that you like are proud that I am by your side. And not saying that that's only through social media, but that's one way. And that's not affection that falls under, under the attention aspect of it, but, um, kind of hyping me up as a person you know, is one way I think that I would feel 
affection in a different way. And like you said, kind of having that action piece behind everything that you're saying um, is super important to even achieve the affection. So that's so interesting. I, I listening to you, um, it's so interesting because I'm like polar opposite. I would rather not be posted on social media uh, and until we get to a space of like marriage and then, you know, if we, if we gonna put it out there, okay, that's fine. But this is, a, and this is a conversation I've had in a few of my relationships. I would rather not be a woman crush Wednesday. I would rather not be, you know, just because tagged in photos because I, I don't know. I personally, it still doesn't, it still doesn't make me feel that it's real. Like for me, if you, if, if I'm seeing something play out in front of my face and you are here and present and doing all this other stuff, then I'm, I'm there with you. But if you're not present, but then there's like a post, I, and I think this comes from, deeper rooted issues (laughs) but I just think it's a game I I I think it's a way for I don't know and it could some people could genuinely want to post and and not you know have a second thought about it or whatever the case may be and it's like I just want to post it but to me it's like I don't want what's false I want what's real so Keep your post, bring yet, mm, bring you behind. <laughs> I, think I get that, but I think that goes that that's partnered with the fact that you haven't felt safe either, right? Um, and when I say post about things, like I'm not, I'm not saying the first couple of months when you're still getting to know each other, but if we've been in this thing for a year, we're traveling together, we're spending holidays with one another, like I I would expect to see some type of picture of something, you know, but I get also people are private, but I'm not as a private person as some people. Um, yeah. Now I'm limited when it comes to Kyron and not posting him, but he's a child and, you know, it's just nasty people in this world. But for yeah. me... I'm usually the one that wants to share um, things with whomever, um, whether it's my friends on social media or if it's not, you know, or the haters who follow, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, did, I I get your point about, you know, not necessarily wanting to be somebody's woman crush Wednesday or all. I get all of those theatrics. And that's definitely not what I mean by that. But if we're sharing moments, I guess I should have said, I don't, I don't think I would just be like, okay, if we, if we on the beach and, you know, we taking this cute photo, your girl go post it. (laughs) When the Lord sends me whomever he's been holding on to thus far in my whole 35 years of life for me, (laughs) <laughs> I don't go get all these pictures because your girl will be jumping for joy. But, you know, it's just the, I guess the intimate moments where I feel like sharing. I don't know if I would just be like, so you're not going to ever post me? Like, ever? Yeah. I don't know if I would be okay with it. Yeah, I don't. And, and I think, you know, it. like you said, I, I think when you get into the relationship that, is meant for you and you experience, you know, the things that are good, especially all of these A's, then I, you know, at, at that point, um, your girl gonna be, you know, dropping a few photo bombs here and there too, you know, but I don't know. And, and that, that you make a valid point. Like once you get to a certain stage um, in a relationship, you know, be especially if somebody's social media presence is pretty regular then you you would want to be sure because it's just so many ways for people to slide into dm people still slide into dms when hey hey. anyway (laughs) we we both know that to be 
true. But so I get what you're saying. And I, and I do think that comes from a place of not feeling safe. Like if I don't feel safe, then a post isn't going to make me feel safe either. Um, but for some people it does. Right. Uh, in reality, for some people it does. And so I don't, I don't want to, you know, rain on other people's parades. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. And really that kind of touches on the second question that I had, which was, has there been a time where you haven't received either attention or affection in a relationship? And if so, how did it impact the intimacy um, and the relationship? Absolutely. Um, there are so many instances I can give, but I'll give one. <laughs> um, I am one of my more recent relationships. Um, one of the reasons why I, you know, took kind of that leap and was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go with this as scary as it was for me was because, um, initially, all of those A's were there and I was on the path toward feeling safe with all of it. I wasn't quite there at the beginning, but I was on the path toward there. Um, and then the switch up happens for, for numerous reasons, you know, um, when life, you know, challenges hit and people and, you know, life changes, like, whether it's job loss or something going on in your family, something going on health-wise, um, financial strain, whatever it may be, when those situations hit, then things really become, you You get tested quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a relationship, you're really going to be tested. Um, and I think for me, when some life challenges happen between the both of us in that relationship, there was a significant drop in action um, and I immediately felt unsafe. I, I immediately felt unsafe and there were all these questions like, okay, so what's going on and what's happening? Um, it, it, because I need to know, I, I need to understand, I need to know. And that's probably one of the biggest issues that I'll face in whatever relationship I end up in is that reassurance it pieces will be big for me. Yeah. Uh, but that, that left in this particular relationship, the reassurance was gone. There wasn't a lot of, um, true communication, um, where people were talking and actually listening versus talking and not listening <laughs> type of thing. And so that, that, you know, looking back, I mean, they say hindsight is always twenty twenty. Looking back, that relationship was always going to fail because there were key elements that left during season or during a time where things got rough and, you know, nobody really took the necessary steps to implement um, the affection piece back in the way that it needed to be added back. And, you know, at the end of the day, I am I am queen of the cutoff, and that's something I have been working on for years. The cutoff has been, it's been, ooh, it's it's just because when I feel unsafe, I'm done. That's how I've always reacted. If I can't feel okay, then I'm done. And so I think in that relationship, I was really trying not to just be done, but. I didn't feel safe and that affection piece was gone. And even the attention had started to fade too. Not that it wasn't there at all, but not in the same capacity. And I think that's something we have to kind of consider when we get into relationships. Are we expecting all of these um, things to stay the same? Because, you know, ideally or realistically, they're not going to stay the same. But at the end of the day, you know, what is the balance and what do you need in order to, you know, either feel safe or say, okay, I'm getting what I need in this relationship, even if it's not as much as it was on the front end. So what about you? I think this, this particular question goes back to, 
you know, affection can be acquired by doing, by showing attention or acceptance or appreciation and or action. But without those four things, you know, it won't be safe. So I want to say I've always had attention in relationships. And that's probably the one thing that was consistent. Like when you're there, you're there and you go, you know, you're going to perform in a way where you think it's comfortable for me or safe enough for me not to go anywhere or question what you're doing, but enough to not make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, But the affection piece is where I feel like there was lack of on multiple scales in multiple situations. So it all manifested in different ways. And I'm with you. The whole, and this goes to the difference, one difference between men and women. Um, It seems like, based off of my personal experience, when guys experience this life-altering situation, it's like they can't find their footing to still stand firm in what they have around them and get through what has been presented to them as an obstacle. Whereas females kind of just adjust and still take whatever they need to along the way. So for me, you know, when things happened, yeah, I may need some days to figure it out or at least to to get over the, the initial emotion or reaction to whatever has happened. But at the end of the day, if I'm in a relationship, I want that's the first person I want to be beside me. Right. Um, And I haven't experienced something like that. Now, I will say, you know, there's been one situation where I think I had a glimpse of what attention and affection together can look like. And it was nice while it lasted. But even then, life happened or an obstacle came. And instead of you figuring it out, it was kind of just like... Let me do what's best for me. Forget everybody else that's around me. And, you know, like you said, the whole <laughs> the whole facade just kind of drops off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. But I think when I'm thinking about one particular um, relationship that I had, and I call it a relationship because, I mean, we weren't, we didn't have titles, but we were close enough to be in something with one another and, and value each other as a person. They lacked affection, period. And it was because they weren't shown affection. And so, you know, it was foreign to them. And so I used to think about like, well, how can I fault them for not knowing how to be affectionate if they didn't get it? And then I would like slowly remind myself like, neither did you (laughs) Um, in some cases, but you figured it out. And, you know, it did make um, it did make it difficult to connect in some areas. Like, of course, sexually things were fine, but that's all you had. And as I got older, or as I'm older now, I'm realizing that this thought process that we have around sex being connected to intimacy, and that's kind of the only thing that's taught, you know, at an early age of how you can achieve that type of intimacy is another like bump in the road where we need to smooth it out and really show people that there are other ways to connect. Because maybe if I could have found a way to connect differently to achieve intimacy I could have had enough patience to work on the affection piece yeah I would yeah I would agree I would say you know I feel like I'm the man in this situation um (laughs) that you were just talking about like not you know working through obstacles and still holding space for other people uh, I do that now, but I will be honest and say that I I didn't really have that fine-tuned um, 
you know, a few years ago. And I and I had like I I was shown affection when I was growing up, and I understood um, what that was and what that was like. Um, but you know, people who, who know me know me know that my dad has been the one solid male in my life who has shown affection and continues to do so and hasn't left. There have been so many other ones who have left and and for reasons whether it was death or you know a prison or whatever the case may be and so i i just kind of learned not to want that as much and so then when i got older you know i realized that's the only way you're going to be able to be in a relationship anyways if <laughs> if you allow this to be a part of it because Outside of that, you I don't really know what you can genuinely have with someone if you don't have this this affection piece. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so interesting because I I I feel like attention has always been something that I've never ever thought about because it's something that's always there. Mm-hmm. Affection is something that I know I've had to work at personally, but people that I have been in relationship with have had to work on it too. And so I think putting those two people together is not the best move. (laughs) So I I do pray, you know, for future relationships that, you know, that piece, someone comes with that because I know it's been something that I have been growing into and with and I show and now I usually get upset because I show affection now way more than I ever have and y'all still don't want to act right okay (laughs) yeah you and I had a mini discussion about that um because I remember it was like yesterday Amber was like I just don't see how you do this people (laughs) like you know how they are and you still this person I don't see it (laughs) um but you know I tell people all the time, I interact with individuals and I love definitely um, how I would like to be loved. And so there there really aren't any boundaries and that's bad. And I've definitely learned um, the negatives to that. But, you know, as I mentioned right now, there is a no attention season. And so I think about the things that have come across my DMs or in my phone or, you know, the things that I've done to kind of just get enough to stroke my ego a little bit. Um, Like, for example, I entertain some things that I probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of the DMs that come in, I should just ignore them. However, sometimes I want to kick and giggle and I want you to tell me how beautiful I am just because I haven't heard it in a while. Does that make it right? Absolutely not. But it's honest. And, you know, it made me think about (laughs) what other unhealthy behaviors um, that I may do to get attention and or affection and like I said with attention I may entertain some things I don't know if I'm thinking about it because I didn't think about it much with affection but thinking um of a scenario now I think silencing myself to not push the envelope on some things may have been an unhealthy behavior to achieve affection. And that's pretty scary. Because yeah. I mean, I settled. I think, so interestingly enough, you and I have both taken the attachment style quiz. And uh, it's interesting I think we both had anxious preoccupied as our attachment style. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the, having that, you know, style of attachment 
breeds the need to, you know, secure attention and secure appreciation and to secure affection and all of that, because that in and of itself is what uh, kind of allows you to function better without being as anxious, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. like, if you don't have that, then you are anxious. If you do have that, then you're not as anxious. <laughs> don't mean that you're not. Um, and so I had, I think as I was going through my attachment style and just doing more research on what that attachment style is like and, you know, what are things that I can do inwardly to kind of tackle some of these things that I can't really project on other people, I had to start, like you said, just kind of monitoring some patterns. Like, what do you do when you feel like you're not getting attention? What do you do when you desire affection, but you're not getting it? What, what are some of your, what are some of the things that are consistent for you every time you feel this way? And I had to be honest with myself. And I was like, Definite media is definitely one of the things that I would grab to because it don't take nothing to drop a cute selfie, maybe even I don't drop full body pics often. But if I do, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be one of those things. There's always a rhyme there. I mean, there's always a reason behind why, why I'm doing what I'm doing most of the time. For most people, there's always going to be a reason behind doing what you want to do. Even if it's like um, mild, like it's not aggressive or it's not anything that is bad, it's still some type of reason. Right. So I just had to realize for me, like, okay, so if you drop this picture and so-and-so and so-and-so send you a text message and so-and-so and so-and-so going to hop in that DM and you can best believe Old Faithful over here going <laughs> to definitely hype you up till you feel like you the best thing on this side of heaven. And, and so as I, and this has been as of the last few months. So as I've monitored that, I have began limiting my posting um, as I'm working on, you know, just kind of what I see within me, because it helps me recognize, okay, so instead of going and posting something about, you know, what you look like or how you're feeling or whatever, you know, I journal a lot more now and I do a lot of other things that help me kind of express what's happening in that moment instead of giving into all of these patterns that speak to this either attachment style or speak to this dysfunction <laughs> that, I, that that is within me. So I have to take responsibility for my part because I am taking responsibility for my part, I do have certain expectations that my partner, whoever that will be, will do the same. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> so do you feel like the lack of attention or affection is a deal breaker for you? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, why else are you here? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if they are willing to learn, do they stay? Uh, yeah. Or are they, is the cutoff game coming like a full blitz? Again, I, I, I'll assess with each person. You know, I'm not going to say I'm just cutting off, but I know the work that I'm doing on my end. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> It, it requires a lot of me. And I don't think that should just be given freely to anybody to be messed up again, where I have to go back and redo work that I've already been doing because someone who hadn't dealt with their pain decided they were going to go ahead and bring it on over here. Um, and, and I guess allow me to deal with it instead of healing it on their own. So saying all that to say, deal breaker meaning I understand that all relationships are going to have ebbs and flows. Like you're going to have issues. Things are going to come up. You'll learn more about yourself within a relationship than you do by yourself. I know that to be very, very true. Right. Uh, What you do with what you're learning and what is coming up is what will be the deal breaker. Let's say it like that. 
that is what will be the deal breaker for me. If you're somebody committed to growth and and we're discussing a few things and, and you know, we're committed to um, whatever is necessary as far as compromising for the relationship mm-hmm. and both of us are putting in that work, if it's not all the way there at the, on the front end, okay, cool. We, we got something that we're working towards. But if it's not there and there is no action (laughs) it's not gonna be safe and therefore i'm done yeah what about you it it's definitely a deal breaker on my my end too (laughs) um i will say because i know how i operate in spaces of relationship i'll probably give a lot more grace than i should but eventually i would be like okay if it ain't gonna work it's not gonna work all right um and that's something that I'm learning to do. I've never had a good cutoff game. Like I still talk to one of my exes to this day and we're good friends now. But, you know, when we first broke up, I just thought it was like my world had ended and I never would have thought like now we would still have a conversation um, I just figured, you know, we would see updates about one another on social media, but he doesn't even post like that. So um, it's definitely a deal breaker for me, but I'm willing to have a conversation about, you know, if you feel like that's something that you struggle with and how and learning how you can achieve that with me. If that's something that person is willing to do, the reality is I haven't met many men who really care. So... <laughs> I don't know if that conversation will take yeah. place. That's true. I haven't met a man yet. Um yeah. willing to have that conversation. But I am open to it. So I'll say it's like a 90% maybe. I and I so I will say um I I think of one of the best relationships I've had where we have been more open and honest is uh one uh, more recently, I would classify as being more recent. Um, and it's, you know, it's just freeing in the fact that, you know, whether it works out or whether it's not, I am my authentic self and he is his authentic self. And we, we can have these conversations and, you know, I can, I'll watch and see if something changes. I'm sure he'll watch and see if something changes after we have these conversations. And for me, you know, from from a realistic standpoint, I'm not going to just do a whole bunch of work for a man. Right. So my work is always inwardly for me. But if I am in relationship with someone and we have conversations and something that I'm doing, I'm either too closed off or you know, I am extra dry in my conversation. And I know if if one person listens to this, they're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I evaluate, like, is there something going on that I'm not addressing? Or is this just a function of I'm tired? I, I don't feel good. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Like, I and this kind of speaks to like this last point here, because I have become a lot more self-aware as a person. I'm always looking inwardly before I look at the person that I'm in relationship with to kind of figure out why things are going the way they are and why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. Now, if I've done some inside work and it's like, nah, bro, this is coming from you and what you're doing in this moment, then we, we come and we have that conversation. And, you know, like I said, then we need to, be open to seeing like do we actually see changes yeah or not and then after that you know at the end of the day i have learned my cutoff game is still strong but i think it's a mature strong now instead of a juvenile strong hey come on (laughs) (laughs) um i do the work on the front end but I don't hesitate to release things that aren't meant for me or that won't be um, good for me. Yeah. So I agree. Um, 
you know, especially this year, we've had a lot of time to kind of sit with any and everything that comes across our minds. And so it's, it hasn't been as easy to deflect um, as it has been in the past because we don't really have nothing to occupy that, that space. But, right. you know, I am a strong believer that as long as you're willing to learn more about yourself, um, you know, the growth will happen. For example, <laughs> and she go chuckle when she hear this, but it was just brought to my attention that sometimes um, to get my point across, I I really like dig my heels into it. And the other individual could have kind of just accepted what I was saying in the beginning, no matter if they believed it or not, but I would still continue to go like until I finished. And so hearing that, I was just like, well, dang, do I do that in all aspects of my relationship? Is it just because we have this dynamic and at the end of the day, we love one another no matter what, like, what is it? But it got me to start just reflecting every time I'm having a conversation um, with people like, oh, shoot, like, am I doing this again? Um, And I know that's not technically healthy to question everything you do. But I think for me, it's like another step on my growth process where it's like, okay, in the past, have you been so stern on a situation where you felt like you needed to get your point across that you weren't even hearing the other person and therefore, you know, depriving them of attention that they needed? And is that why something maybe didn't work out in that situation Or is that why, you know, the affection wasn't there because of that one time they were trying to be vulnerable with you, you weren't trying to hear it that way. And so they just completely shut down altogether. Um, So, you know, learning those little, those little gems, because they are, they, they are vital (laughs) gems. um, It makes me, like you said, continue to do the work for myself not just for another person, but also so that I can still present myself as this whole person when the time comes for me to meet whomever I'm supposed to meet. Because, you know, if I look back on my 20s, your girl was pretty nonchalant. I I still would say, like, I didn't have a cutoff game, but I really didn't care as much as I do now, probably in my late 20s after having my son, you know, things shifted for me as far as perspective. And I think a lot of that had to do with, okay, now I'm trying to build this family. It's not about just me anymore. And so to now be on the other side of that once again, because he's a teenager and it's like, all right, I just got to make sure you get on through and, you know, from there is cruise control for the most part, except for when you need me. So now what do I need to do for myself in order to be whole again as this new person that I'm becoming? Because me in my 20s, me pregnant, me after being pregnant, me, (laughs) you know, after my first heartache, after having a child, to now are all different people. But the consistent thing that has happened was that I grew from each season and it has made me a better person. So I think the biggest thing that it has taught me is to one, not settle, two, to be vocal about what I need. Um, And that goes back to those standards that my therapist told me I need to have. (laughs) And three, Mm -hmm. you know, just being unapologetic about it. Like we are all flawed and, you know, I think sometimes as women, we go into these relationships, especially women like us who are educated and kind of have this independence about ourselves, like we got it all together and therefore you should just get it. And that's not always the case. So having that communication, but also being like, listen, my daddy didn't get two shits about me to stay around in the beginning and therefore you know, in the beginning, I didn't care about it because I was a girl. But now as an adult, I realized that 
I just need this reassurance every now and then. I would appreciate if, you know, in my relationships, I'm shown these types of things. And that's not to say you have to bend over backwards for me, but every action has a reaction. And so for me to continue showing up the way that I do for you, I just may need these things every now and then. So just kind of going back to something you were saying about just show, being able to show up for people and making sure they understand how to show up for you. Um, I've just learned that how to show up for people with boundaries, because I think people like you and I, when we show up, we show up. And I, a lot of it is just who we are as people, but it is also who we are because we haven't learned to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so... Once we learn to have boundaries, then I I realize that now I show up for people differently. And I know that probably people who are close to me have probably seen a little bit of a transition. Um, I may not, you know, get deeply involved in every single thing that's going on in your life or, you know, just get so wrapped up and caught up in certain things. Um the way I used to, because that's me having a boundary, Um, particularly when it comes to relationships with men, I've had to learn that just like you get benefits on a job, um, if, if a man is in fact applying and I too am applying for a position in his life or he's applying for a position in my life, then you're not going to get the same benefits at the temporary level as you would when you hear full time. So with that, with that statement, all I'm saying is we have to get to a point where boundaries are necessary. And then on top of that, be confident that you're not missing anything who can't you know, be okay with whatever boundary you have. Because I, and and I had this conversation with a friend of mine, um, when, when we talk about sex and different things, nuances that come in a relationship, I'm like, no, I I do believe that there can be a boundary. Um, if you decide that you don't want to have sex for so many weeks, months or whatever, and your relationship, you want to wait till you get married, whatever, whatever it is. I think it's important because if that's what keeps you safe, then and then okay. And who am I to to come for you on that regard? If that's your boundary, that's your boundary. If that's something that, you know, as a man or a woman that you don't agree with, then that might not be the person for you and you can move on without doing all this other stuff to get to a certain place and then it's still falling all apart. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I think at the end of the day, it kind of goes back. It kind of goes into my affirmation really for this week, um, which is, you know, ask for compromise in your relationship, but not the kind that makes you abandon your soul. Mm. That's deep. That's from one of my online therapists, by the way, that ain't come from me. (laughs) I mean, sis, you could have took the credit for it. I'm not even going to lie. Like, Trust. you just been like, you know, this one is, um, you know, this one's me. Girl, I have so many online therapists and I appreciate them so much. I'm going to give them their credit. So this particular one is NY Therapist at NY Therapist on Instagram if you... um are looking for people to just follow that, you know, can help you through on some days. What's your affirmation? Um, I'm just going to say that I saw this on social media on something. It's one of the pages I follow as well. I think it's therapy is light, but basically they had this little picture um, about all of these things they've learned about self-love and It said, being myself does not come with a set of conditions. And Mm. it really got me to just thinking like, wow, you're Mm. right. Yeah. Um, So just remember, like we said, stick to your true, authentic selves. Um, Be unapologetic. Love yourself before you love anybody else. 
And uh, hopefully y'all turn in, tuning in tomorrow to G's uh, in Guap. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I know one person who is. Uh, yeah, no. I, I know one more person. Maybe I might tune in. I don't know. But I know one person who's going to give me a play-by-play. Hey. If I- <laughs> Your girl is there. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know some Gucci songs. I'm not going to act like I don't. But y'all know who my boy is, so. I know what, oh, this song just came through. Okay, I might tune in because now I'm having some flashbacks of undergrad and there was quite a few songs that I used to jam to back in the day. I don't know. Okay. Well, you guys have a great rest of your week. Indeed. Have a great week. Bye.